the Rick Horse Minute Podcast. You mean a Let's Talk? That's right. The best Let's Talk in the internet, where today we're going to be discussing miracle meters. <laughs> but that's later. First, first, we got some updates. As you've seen, new release day, Wednesday. Why? More of you people seem to see us on a Wednesday. Apparently, there's not a lot going on on Wednesdays. So. so we're going to come up on Wednesdays now. So you can mark your calendars. Going to be a thing moving forward for a thing. Other updates. Holidays around the corner. So some things might change a little. You'll still get your reviews, but it may just be reviews. Yeah. Um, things kind of get hectic. So there may be a week where we don't do headlines, but you'll still get your reviews. One we're actually starting up this week, so you know you're going to get it. Plus that King's Game content, finishing up Mando and Rick and Morty. Those will still be coming. Maybe some other stuff. But we'll see. Just kind of making you all aware, there'll still be episodes that you're lacking on headlines. Or in-depth discussion about something. We're kind of pressed for time. The holidays came, and they smacked us in the face so hard that I could swear I'm already in 2020. <laughs> now, that all being said, we've got headlines of the week, or as we're going to call them, the thing lines. <laughs> because we need segment names. <laughs> we need segment names. Badly. So this is going to be the thing lines. And we're starting off this week pretty big. We got a big trailer. Bond. James Bond. The 25th Bond movie. Oh, has it really been 25? This is Bond 25. Jesus. Where Daniel oh, wait, Craig stars opposite as Rami Malek. Which I'm very excited for. Who plays a masked mysterious villain with a scarred face that people on the internet seem to think is Dr. No. Guess we'll see. Shall be interesting. The mask looks really cool. So, it'll be interesting to see how this movie turns out with some of the things that I, that I talked about a little earlier in the year. On my solo thing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But, mark my words, I'll be seeing that movie opening day. I always do. Bond. Bond has a very special place in your heart? Always has. Fair. I love the Bond movies. Oh my goodness, I love the Bond movies. I mean, it's just, he's such a suave, charismatic, always has a solution kind of man. No, he usually has gadgets given to him by an old man in a lab coat. <laughs> but... Other trailers dropped this week, too. Yes. Black Widow. I'm actually... David I, Harbour is Captain Russia. It's the only reason I'm into it. I, I'm all about any and all David Harbour, apparently, since he was a Juilliard-trained actor. Mm. And has this fairly decent Russian accent. Yeah. Like, he can act. I mean, that's... I hope so. It's his profession. Right. But, I mean, there are a lot of people that are in this profession that may be as good as other people at acting, but we're not going to get into that discussion today. No. Um, but I also like that it introduced Natasha's sister, and how it's basically like a family affair, is what this has turned into. So, should be fun. More Disney content, obviously. We're all about the Disney content. What we're, what we're currently watching, and how we just always find a way to bring our mouse overlord to us. Wait, does this mean that David Harbour could possibly get a Disney Plus show as Captain Russia? I hope so. 
but that would mean he's not answering for things anymore. Not necessarily. Maybe. Disney's What's... pretty picky. This is true, and Netflix is probably, like, very salty about the whole Disney Plus thing. Probably. And isn't going to want to let, like, one of, like, the more popular characters of their main show just go over to Disney Plus. I mean, because of Disney Plus, Netflix is is changing their model of releasing shows to the weekly format because they figured out Disney learned how to keep subscribers, give them quality content. But have to make them wait for it. Make them wait for it to keep at least a subscriber base even month after month. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it really. And I actually rather enjoy waiting every for the Mandalorian. It gives me something to do. It, I mean, it definitely like takes some of the pressure off of like having to finish it because that was the was the one downside to binge culture, right? Is that like if you don't binge it fast enough, it gets ruined for you. And if you notice with Stranger Things, when I watched it, I did it week by week. You did. Because that's how I consume content. I can make time once a week for certain on days for certain things. Gotta have my YouTube subs work. I make time for the certain things that come up on each day that I want to watch. Because it's very much I schedule my life. I wish I could say that. Time management is not a skill that I have anymore. I used to have really good time management. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Black Widow does look interesting. Um, Taking place before the fiascos that have happened in the recent MCU. Yes. So All the debacles and kerfuffles and... Malarkey. The shenanigans, the hoopla, and the nonsense. <laughs> exactly. Lots happened. Yeah. So, breeze through those trailers real quick to get to some other content that we've got for you this week. Being, we have a new voice actor for Broly after Vic was kicked. And why was Vic kicked again? Sexual harassment. Funny you mentioned that. Yeah, Broly is a character <laughs> steamed in sexual misconduct. Maybe it's his, you know, rippling muscles, his scars, the green pelt around his belt. No, honestly, I think it's I think it's the earring he wears. The machismo. Yeah, it just yeah. it does something, you know. So yeah, new Broly voice actor Johnny Young Posh was accused of sexual misconduct by some anonymous rando on the internet, and the only reason I wanted to mention it was because it made me laugh. <laughs> it's amazing how how quick this one jumped to it too. Like he hasn't even really gotten the chance to get yep. his feet and. Like, they're already trying to kick him out. The tweets by Mr. Doorknob on Twitter. Yikes. Heard some sketchy things about JYB himself. Not sure how I feel about this. And then people are sitting here saying, I guess I set off some fans with this tweet, so I figured I'd clarify. Mr. Doorknob continues one of the female hosts who worked with him on an old anime TV podcast slash web show he hosted complained how he would make her wear revealing skirts that she didn't want to wear for views. Shocking, and- I know. Johnny Young Bosch responds, total bullshit. I was cast as a host and had nothing to do with one. Yeah. Just ask those in charge of the show over at at things. This is complete lie and the dumbest thing I've heard. He continues. In fact, we could ask any female that was on the show, but I imagine whoever you're talking about exists. So what other story do you have? Oh, I got one, but it's about your mother. So could be a rumor. That's right. This voice actor bites back through Twitter. I love it. And I like that he brought he brought his mama into it. Like <laughs> And then he continues the only one around calling out what do I look up every girl from anime TV. Tell me who would have said this. Go ahead, Doorknob. Let's hear it. You can't, can you? Ooh. I so, I like that he came. He came out swinging. He's like, nope, not in my <laughs> What you get for fucking with the Power Ranger? 
said something. I like how his career going. Yeah, that's a, that's a long a it long really trail he went on. His core audience of kids from the nineties. Yeah, because that's exactly who watches Dragon Ball now. It's just kids in the nineties and their kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Broly, always surrounded in controversy. <sighs> Sketchy character. I guess we can't talk about him anymore. We might get super harassed. Uh, no more lawsuits, man. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I can talk about the dumbness that is Star Wars debuting at uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker scene debuting in Fortnite. Why? Fortnite is the most popular game in the world, and Disney likes making money. Fun thing, huh? <sighs> Who would have thought that money was a motivator for any and all corporations at any point in time in the, in our existence? Jesus. <laughs> I just... Okay, Fortnite. I get it. You're popular. You but, like to suck off dicks. I get it. Right. The, I mean, if you if you turn the floss a certain way, it looks like a totally different... We're not going to talk about that here because we're not an X-rated podcast. No, no. <laughs> this is just... It's a, little, it's a little nonsense. Like, there are other ways that... Because I'm not going to go and play Fortnite to watch Star Wars content. I mean, at least it's free. At least it's free. I'm still not gonna do it, though. I don't Fortnite. I can't Fortnite. I won't Fortnite. Yeah, it's just something, like, I'm staying away from. Like, it was... Like, the original concept was cooler before it turned into this absolute shit show. So, and I'm, I'm still excited for the new Star Wars because it's gonna be better than the last one. But... Am I, am I am I going to see it opening day? No, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna have to wait a little while. And it's I don't feel bad about waiting to see this one. So but I don't know, Nancy. We have this thing called a let's talk. We have to get, you know, listens. I know. But I'm not going opening day. I I might go like a day or two after. Cause are you honestly gonna go see it opening day? My computer. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a let's talk uh <laughs> Let's talk bootlegging movies. Let's not. I don't I don't want to end up in the edgy DVD jail like you wouldn't steal a car yeah, or download a car. Sony might get mad. They already got big mad this week. Oh, Sony's salty. So Sony is pulling out of the handheld market and will no longer compete with Nintendo in that format. Guess what, guys? Nintendo wins the con- Hooray! Wait, so you mean PSP wasn't like groundbreaking psp itself was the vita wasn't oh the vita that's what see i don't even know that's how much i don't care about handheld playstation games i mean the psp had some good games for it it had a couple of god of war games okay you know it had some metal gear it had some metal gear games where metal gear acid was had a siphon filter game that's cool stuff but the vita the vita on the other hand i don't get you can remote play your ps4 on your vita Yay! Two thumbs way, way. Isn't that what? Oh wait. <laughs> I have a Wii U though. I never bought a Vita. I never bought a Vita either. I have a traditional Wii, but that's about it. So think about this. At the end of this, as of right now, the only company making a handheld console is Nintendo. Nintendo Senpai coming in. They officially have the stronghold on that market. They always have. I know. Since the Game Boy launched, they have. Even the Game Gear was a, was a very 
pale competitor to it. The PSP didn't install nearly as well as the DS did at the time. Um, Nintendo kind of found that niche in handheld gaming and scratches it very well. And why they have that hybrid Switch. Yep. And even still, the Switch still works as a handheld. They they took I like that they took what they knew worked because like the Wii U obviously didn't perform very well. And like they they tried, but their handhelds have always performed solidly. So they just were like, okay, so we do handhelds well, but how do we translate that into an actual console? And that's how the Switch was born. Yeah. And, and it's I love my Switch. To be fair, the Switch itself isn't much more powerful than the Wii U was. Right. I mean, Breath of the Wild, the only big difference between Breath of the Wild on the Switch and on the Wii U is the draw distance. That's it. It's just the draw distance you can see enemies from in a tower. Right. Some of the frame rates are a little different, but graphically speaking, they're not that different. No. They basically were able to take the Wii U and make it a console. They, they, and that's the Switch. So we basically got the beta version with the Wii U, and then it amplified to... But without the Wii U, there would have been no Switch. Right. So it's like, you gotta you gotta know where they're coming from. And because the screen... If you actually look at it, the screen on the Switch is about the size of the screen on the Wii U gamepad. And right. the way the Switch is laid out, it is just a Wii U gamepad. It's just detachable. You can break it apart, and it's not nearly as chonky. It went on the keto diet. Yeah. <laughs> so... So I got a question for you then, Corey. Yeah. So Sony's pulling out of the handheld market. Yep. They they wiped off their hands and they said we're done. So do you think that they're going to take their focus more to VR now? Because they do already have a VR headset and VR is getting very popular. So do you um, think that's where they're going to direct to? Honestly, it would make sense since Microsoft has no interest in pursuing VR right now. Mm -hmm. As they've come out and said as well in this past couple of weeks that VR is just not a direction they don't see gamers wanting to go, which I argue is an incorrect thing. I... Just Especially like when we were talking about the Half-Life 2.5, is, that is exactly what I've been wanting out of a VR game forever, You're is seeing... an actual game, not like demo of what it could do. And the problem that that's going to happen with Microsoft is the same thing that's happened to them countless time and time again now. They entered the video game market after Sony already had a stranglehold with the PS2. Mm -hmm. PS3 came out with a 360, and yes, the 360 had a larger install base, but the PS... Three ended up catching up pretty well, right? And caught on a lot more overseas than the 360 did. And the PS4 is the PS4 top selling is... console of all time. Microsoft has come out and said that the Xbox One is inferior to the PS4 in graphical capabilities and other things, right? Because they had to rush and be first to the market. Sony knows what they're doing with with technology. They've been a technology company for a long time before they entered the video game market, doing computers and you know different chipsets and microprocessing, doing speakers and now we have televisions. Now we have headphones. They like, were doing headphones before. and even like Sony televisions, Walkmans, like, Discmans, all that. The Discmans. <laughs> so, you know, Sony's entry into the video game market was born out of a failed partnership with Nintendo. Right. That's where we got the PlayStation with Sony saying, okay, well, we're just going to do it anyway. That's why we got the salty Actually, relationship. one guy at Sony who did it that way, and I can't remember the head of the PlayStation department's name anymore. But it was actually his passion project, and they greenlit it, and they went. And, and look at them now. The PS1 was a hot-selling console. PS2 was, was, and I think actually still is the best-selling console of all time, PS2. See, I had a PS1. I didn't have a PS2, you but I remember. PS2 just, I think, recently ended production. Oh, wow. Um, like a year or so ago. Oh yeah, so it's, it was. It was a popular console. It still has a huge install base. I still have one. Right. I love my PS2. I have a lot of memories of that thing. 
there was a powerhouse and the biggest thing that set it apart it had a dvd player oh see and that's so that's actually one of the reasons why i opted to get a ps4 over an xbox was because i could play movies on it like you can play movies on an xbox one well on an xbox one but i wasn't gonna get i wasn't gonna get an xbox like why when the xbox one and ps4 are the same generation well no i know and it's you can play movies on an xbox 360 as well just yeah. not blu-rays but that's what i have blu-rays but like, you can play blu-rays on an xbox one well i understand that but it was between like i don't know it was like the whole it was a movie thing and streaming actually i think it's Content. a little easier on microsoft because it's voice controlled i don't need that playstation is more dedicated to gaming still like microsoft is multimedia to their consoles because you could the original xbox one had an hdmi in and out so you could stream and pass your cable through it to play to use it to control things right but then i mean i had to pay for xbox live and you i know that play for ps plus i don't pay for plus then why would you pay for live for internet like but you just... don't have to pay for plus okay <laughs> You only have to pay for Xbox Live to play online, which is the same reason you have to pay for PS Plus. Mm -hmm. You get free games with Plus, you get free games with Xbox Live. They're the exact same thing. It's just a different different box you're getting it out of. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't have had to buy to pay for Live. Right. And also at the time I wanted to play Blood Bloodborne. But like that was like my reasoning behind it. It's like I feel easier in Bloodborne. You know why I got a PS4? Hmm. It was free. Yeah, free works. That's why I got a PS4. It's free. And not to pay for it, so I'm like, hey, yeah, I'll take it. Now I paid someone for their old one. I was like, here, give me. And then I bought Bloodborne, and that was like the first thing I did. Did you ever beat Bloodborne? Shh. Casual. Filthy casual, thank you very much. But speaking of video games. Yes. And Nancy being a filthy casual, let's talk about Mario. That was something I totally suck at, yes. And their <laughs> update that Link. Yay! And not just like the little Link skin that you can put them in, in Honest to God. No, you can shoot your bow and arrow, and you can actually block Bowser's fireballs and other things with your shield by ducking. You have your sword slam, your down thrust from Zelda 2's in there. Nice. You can throw your bombs, and you can dash. Nice. You can still jump, but it's fun. Um, You played around with it, right? I've had some time playing with it. Okay. I'm trying to figure out mechanics to build a level with that I'm still working on. I'm still working on puzzles, but there's certain things that I'm like, okay, and other things I'm like, why can't it do that? So what are what are some of the why can't it do that for you? So your bow and arrow kind of act like a fireball. And you can use it to hit switches. Okay. And you can use your bombs to blow up things. Okay. Okay. But you can't use your bomb to hit the switch. Weird. Because you can't throw your bomb. So with an aerial switch, you can't pick up your bomb and throw it up in the air. Like when you pick it up, like when you pull it out, you get to throw it. Mm -hmm. So you just gotta hope it lands. If it lands correctly, it'll hit. But you can't re-pick it up. And that kind of bugs me because you could do that. Right. Like if you didn't put it in the right place, you could pick it up again. And it's the same with the... And your arrows don't fly very far at all. I, I would imagine they wouldn't. Like they have to... Unfortunately, with that kind of stuff, they still have to fit within the Mario mechanic. Your fireballs and the arrows do. Hmm. And then the sword itself, while awesome, I could take or leave it. I mean... You can run out there and hit and poke Bowser with your sword. That's awesome. 
That's fine. But then you're gonna get hit by a fireball immediately, stomp on you, and you're gonna lose power up. So. Yeah. So that's all it is. Is it's just a power up. You turn the Mega Mushroom in eight bit Mario. Only in eight bit Mario, you turn him into Link. Oh. Whether you can turn the eight, you can turn the Mega Mushroom into the Master Sword. That's kind of cool. So I'll be building a level, messing with all mechanics you can. So. I'm excited. It, it should be fun for me to maybe not beat it or maybe beat it. Added in some new other new things as well. So okay. you have the P block. So now when you have a power switch, the blocks can go solid or translucent. Nice. To go through. So there's some certain things I'm messing with on that. Okay. They added pokies. You make <gasps> we tall have pokies. My pokey boys, um, they are actually my favorite. Spike. Oh, Spike finally made it? Spike's in it. What? <laughs> um... And frozen coins. So coins trapped in frozen blocks. So those were all added. Okay. So they they definitely did a decent update. Yay for this not being DLC. Right. I do <laughs> like that it's free. I do Thanks, think Nintendo. there's some other things to do, but we will be, like I said, I will be making myself a level out of the link that has the little Zelda dungeon in it. And, and I will post that code to our Twitter page. Yeah, and I will probably play through it because that's how this works. That's not all. <gasps> There's Nintendo's more? Announced. There's more? We also have an NES and SNES Online update coming. Yay! So, we're getting six games. That's a lot of games. The games coming. We will be getting Kirby Superstar for the SNES. Okay. Breath of Fire 2 for the SNES. Super Punch Out. Yeah. Also for the SNES. And Star Fox 2. Oh. A game that was released only one time very recently. SNES Classic. More on that in a minute. Okay. The other two games we're getting are the NES, and we will be getting Crystalis and Journey to Silius. Games I, I have never played. I don't know what either of them. In Japan, they'll be getting four games. We're going to get Famicom Wars. More on that and why my disdain is there in a moment. Okay. Route 16. Me. And they will also be getting their version of Free Superstar and Star Fox 2. Okay. So. Fun times. But I have my, my SNES Mini. So, yeah. Two things on this. <laughs> like. One. Star Fox 2 was used as a, point, as a reason for Nintendo to sell the SNES Classic to everybody. Mm-hmm. It was in the advertisement. It's on the box as a never released game. Okay. Now every Tom, Dick, and Harry with the snap who maybe if you didn't buy it, guess what? Now you get it. Yep. Just pay Nintendo twenty dollars. There you go. Problem solved. You got the game that was the sole factor of Pretty much one of the reasons I bought it was that in the Final Fantasy. I got mine for free. I bought it, but I got Final Fantasy on it. That was really the big reason for the RPGs. Yeah. But the other thing is Famicom, of course. It was never released in America to begin with. It's better known here by its by the sequel series on the Game Boy Advance, Advance Wars. Okay. Why can't we have the nice things? 
I would play the shit out of that game. It is a tactical-based, real-time strategy game. Okay. I would play the shit out of it. Why can't we have nice things? VPN, here I <laughs> You were on a VPN <laughs> kick today. I am, but a VPN what probably wouldn't be our souls for what's going to happen. Oh? We're going to finish up Nintendo news to talk about random thing of the week. Oh my god. Guys, like, let's just take a moment and be thankful that this is the universe that we live in. Coming soon to a Steam near you. <laughs> I am Jesus Christ. The game where you get to play as Jesus. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Performing the miracles of the New Testament with your miracle meter. Patent pending. Miracle <laughs> Copyrighted thing. 2019 miracle meter. We said it's copyrighted, so it's I said it now. They're going to owe me some money. I said it today. So I wonder if the tutorial is when he's learning to be a carpenter. I have more questions than ever answered than this game will ever be able to answer, I'm sure. And the biggest one I want to know is why. Why is the biggest elephant in the room here? Who is this for? What's the target audience? Who asked for this? Why is this here? I mean... Aren't video games supposed to be about devil-worshipping anyway? Like, the screenshot is him washing the feet. Oh, it's so called it's a... in the first person. Oh, well, first person Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, it's called the... In the game, it's your sacred heartbeat. Missed opportunity. Miracle meter is way yeah. better. Way yeah, better. <laughs> Here's the official description of the game, okay? Become Jesus Christ, the, the famous man on Earth. Not the most famous man, the famous man on Earth. In this highly realistic simulation game. Pray like him for getting superpower. Perform famous miracles like him from Bible, like casting demons, healing and feeding people, resurrection and more in I Am. Jesus Christ. Game is covering the period from baptizing of Jesus to the resurrection. Have you ever wondered to be like him, one of the most privileged and powerful men in the world? I, I, I would privileged? You call, yeah, I was going to say, would you really call Jesus privileged? I, because I'm gonna back this straight up a minute. Let's let's go to the privileged. No. No, he wasn't even white. Oh wait. Oops. I mean. Yeah, he wasn't. So he wouldn't have white privilege. So what privilege? The like, Romans had more privilege. Oh, wait. That that puts the whole twist on the whole thing. It does. But I'm looking at the screenshot and his hand definitely white. Well, because, you know. Jesus. Because <laughs> God forbid that Jesus look like he's supposed to. Instead, it's going to look like everybody wants him to. Yeah. Who would have thought that someone in the Middle East would be... Light blue eyes, pale skin. Brown we hair. Sandy brown hair, like mousy brown. <laughs> so before we start getting like totally vindicated on the internet, let's dig the hole deeper, shall we? Oh god. So I'm hoping that there's in-game achievements for this. Oh, there probably will be. It's a Steam game. Right. So I want to know how many prostitutes it's going to take before I get a trophy. How many prostitutes do I need to save? How do you game over? You can't drown. Can I choose not to resurrect? <laughs> like, just, no, I want to stay dead. Fuck the world. 
Yeah, no, I tried. This was my sacrifice. What if I never go to the crucifixion mission? You just get to run around as Jesus forever? When do you gain the walk on water ability? At what level can I turn that said water into wine? And then can you get drunk off of it? Can I walk on the water after it becomes wine? You know what? That's a physics engine not going to be able to handle that much logic. I was going to say, that's an actual logical question that I don't think enough asking. Does the water... Can you walk on wine that used to be water? That's a serious one. We're going to need Mythbusters on that one. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Mythos busters. <laughs> what happens if I catch leprosy from lepers? I don't know. Do you think the... Like, what if my sacred heart meter runs out and I catch... What happens when your sacred heart meter runs out? Do you get taken over by Satan? Do you become homies with Satan? Like, what if you do bad shit in the game? Like, like, is there a morality meter? <laughs> Screw the sacred heart meter. I want the morality meter. <laughs> I don't want to be the son of God. I want to be the son of the devil. <laughs> Lucifer, here I come. I don't want to cure you of leprosy. I'm going to give you double leprosy. <laughs> oh, no, not the double leprosy. That's even worse than regular leprosy. You see all that wine over there? I just turned it into water. Ha ha. And it's salt water on top of it. Oh my goodness. So. I'm going to hell. No, you don't believe in that. No. <laughs> so, look, you actually have to spend six excruciating hours. Is this six in-game hours or real-life hours? I'm really hoping it's real-life hours, because anyone that sits through the full six hours of that probably deserves to get their hands nailed to a wooden stake. Like, <laughs> and hung up. Why? <sighs> I like it saying that this is going to be, okay, it, gluing polar, okay, I'm just going to read this to you. So, it says here apparently there's something about, you know, you can curse the fig tree, suffering under Pontius Pilate, drink vinegar mixed with gall, gluing Polaroids of people you meet into a Bible. They didn't have Polaroids and back in then. probably the most epic boss battle in video game history, winning the victory over death. By spending six excruciating hours slowly dying on the cross. Which is, being interpreted, the place of the skull. Plus you get to watch the apostles' feet. This Wait. game sounds like it's going to be so engaging. I can't, I to be honest, like we're going to have to play this just because I need to know. Also, how is the Last Supper going to go? Yeah, how religiously are we going to get? Like, like, are you going to try to bring another religion into the religious game? Yeah, because... It wasn't just one, contrary to popular belief. And it was a Passover Seder. So. But here's my question. So, it, it, you know, you know, my favorite thing it does is it glosses over the birth. Oh. Does that mean that Mary wasn't a virgin? <gasps> no, I think it's just that they don't want to show that he wasn't born in December. Oh, because he was, like, born in mid-April, wasn't he? Exactly. Like, who would have thought? Paganism. Hey, I like that holiday. I'm gonna have that now. Just like I like your land, I'm gonna take that too. Yay, Christianity. Yay, that's what got us where we are. Go us. Ooh, imperialism. <laughs> so, oh. this game is going to be a shit show, and I definitely was going to hell before, but now I'm really going. Hopefully, I got a good word in with the big guy. I just really want to know why. Like, who is this for? Like, really, who is this for? Is this for kids? Man, 
video games video games used to be sacred and they were for devil worshipers and satan lovers and now they're bringing jesus into our wholesome satanistic gaming world and i am offended that's a filthy casual i think i'm more upset that it's not called a miracle meter honestly again it's a missed opportunity like they they had so many opportunities that they didn't they didn't carpy this dm so i i just want to know why like i know i've said that a few times before but and honestly the screen capture of just him holding a foot really disturbs me yeah i'm not big on the whole foot fetish thing personally um i know a lot of people are into that but like how much of a sin is it going to be considered if you get off on the foot washing scenes from the i am jesus christ video game because that foot looks fairly realistic yeah it does and some screenshots show some interesting things just a light from heaven as you hold your hand speaking of the last supper looks like there's a screenshot of it <gasps> that won't load because of course darn it judas and a trailer so we may end up playing this game we might have to, because there's one, I, I doubt this game is going to work the way it's supposed to. They're not even set at the table right. The um character animations in this game look laughable at best. Oh. Uh, look, he's fighting the devil. Oh, no. Honestly, though, like, Wait, I, I- is Dave Grohl the devil? I hope so. He needs to be. He needs to reprise his role as the devil for this game. God, that's just true. It's just not okay. That foot looks way too realistic. Like, well, the rest of it doesn't. Right. They put way too much time in the foot animations versus in actual. The hands. Yeah. I mean, the hands you see all the time, so if those look like crap, I get it. So it's basically Jesus Christ Skyrim star. <laughs> it's basically what this is. Oh my god. But again, I want to know what happens in if I'm even able to do bad, because like if I'm gonna play this game, I'm gonna be the worst Jesus ever. Like that is my goal. I don't know if you could do bad. That is a good question. That's what I want to know. We'll have to find out. And with that, the thing lines are over. Stick around. We've got more content coming to you right after this. Hey Corey, did you know that you can interact with our podcast on Twitter while you're sitting on the toilet, not doing anything? I mean, don't judge me. I might already do that. So make sure that you guys follow our Twitter so you can keep up with all of the latest twits that we release at a pod, at pod thing on Twitter. Or if you have things that you would like us to talk about, or if you have any questions for us or about things we've talked about, you can contact us via our email address at a thing pod at gmail.com. December, we decided to go on another journey from another Amazon original television show full of magical beings, wonderment, politics already, and of course Johnny Depp. That's all I need. It doesn't have Johnny Depp, it has Orlando Bloom. Oh, I know what I meant. I, 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 they interchange for me. Audible clap for GG. GG. <laughs> I G-G, know what G-G, I meant. Press F. Respects for credibility. <laughs> I have none. I don't know if anyone's learned this yet. But 
we started watching Carnival Row. Carnival Row. A fantasy steampunky style show, I would say. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Very steampunk, very... I wouldn't say it's as mystical as I thought it would be, but it's a good take on it. It's not really so far. And, and steampunk so much more is the aesthetic, not the technology. The technology in this show is more of like Victorian age. Right. Where it's, I mean, people are still gutting pigs in the street and everything has, you know, just that old timey people are getting pulled in carriages. Right. So this show opens with our main heroine vignette running through a forest and murdering a beastie. See, I already have issue with this, guys. So, <laughs> and when I first watched it, I had this I had this thought. So we see that they've got these beautiful wings because they're out and they're ready to go. And they're running. And I'm like, why aren't they flying? Are they able to fly? Can they fly? And as they're running away, and jumping off the cliff, you see them take flight. So it's like, right. oh, you mean to tell me you could have flown this whole time and like this entire chase was just for no no reason? Okay. But Nancy, it's not flying. It's, it's falling, falling with, with style. style. <laughs> but yeah, so they really set her up as a tragic character. So she escapes after everyone being been slaughtered, makes it to the boat, Makes friends with people on the boat. You learn her tragic backstory that she lost someone in a sense. That she has a picture of someone she knew. Someone that was lost. Then the boat sinks. Dun dun dun. She had a bad day. <laughs> she was not having a good time. And she washes up on shore. And is sold into slavery. Which is great. And it's also, she's the sole survivor as well. Everyone else was dead. Yep. And she's sold into slavery to pay off her debts to passage to the setting of yep. where the rest of this takes place. The Burge. Yes. The Burge is the Wurge. <laughs> so, Flash, you get to meet our main hero, apparently. John <laughs> Johnny Depp. <laughs> Rycroft Killestrate. Tylo, for short. Played by Orlando Bloom, better known as. Maybe as Legolas. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. do know him as Legolas. Legolas, Orlando Bloom, this isn't a pirate. <laughs> like I said, they're interchangeable, and then it didn't help that they were also in, like, the same movie, so, like, multiple times. So, like I said, I just kind of swapped them around. So, you're introduced to him as he's trudging through the titular formidable row, interviewing uh, fairies about crimes that have happened to them. Fairy crimes, do na na Specifically someone who'd been murdering Faye in the room. And he kind of got the information that they wore a uniform. So it put Philo on the trail of cops. Yes, because that's obviously the first thing you think of when you think of uniforms. So you go after the popo. They leave. Let's see. So, so, so far what we've got is that you've got a cop and a fairy. Right? Right. So it kind of shows a little bit of Philo's character in these scenes as he, at the beginning when he's, when they first show him, he walks up to the scene of two officers kind of harassing one of the goat people. Right. Um, 
and he uh, he gets them to stop. Um, Are they called satyrs? Yes, but no, not in this. Not in this. And I can't, ref- I can't recall what they call them in this. They call them pucks, I believe. I think that's the derogatory excuse me, that's term. A, uh, excuse me, that's offensive. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's the derogatory term, but that's the only one that's coming to mind for me right now. So, <laughs> Philo sees them harassing harassing the goat lady, and he gets them to stop. They kind of they like start. He 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 doesn't even sh- they don't realize that he's an inspector, which is like kind of my favorite part of that. Mm-hmm. Is that one of them had no idea who he was, and the other was like, "No, wait, you have to stop, stop, come on, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know Forget who he sir. is." <laughs> so it kind of sets it up that he's respected at least among the officers, or so it's it, it shows. Right. He he obviously has some good work under his belt. You know, not to cross him because he could probably fuck your day. So he meets with the woman, gets the information he needs, and it flashes back the vignette. Also, which... and and, it does, and he asks about her father too, so it shows that he has a relationship with people in the row as well too. Yes, like he he knows fathers and lineages and is able to work his way around and is also respected by the people that. Aren't are viewed as more second class citizens. He is a he is a man of the people. Yes. So the actual next scene we've already kind of talked about, but it shows where she's sold into kind of into slavery to the Spurn Rose family uh, to pay off her debts. Because it was their boat that ended up getting sunk. Yes. So, so. There, there's the, there's the connection piece there. <laughs> it was their boat, uh, therefore. She is their property. Congrats. You got a new lady hand. Yes, yeah, so she's now a handmaid to his sister, Imogen. That's how they said her name. I think close enough, honestly. And There's some weird ones in this. The scene where it kind of shows the type of character that she is is when Vignette's kind of first serving her tea. And they're talking about the past and that she has no family. And then Mogan comes up, looks at her nails, and tells her that she needs to wash her nails if she's going to serve, before she serves her tea again. And then goes and touches her braid where she kind of freaks out. Yes. She's like, don't touch that. And then we learn that it's a widow's braid. We learn later in the episode it is. Right. Um, but it reminded her of someone she lost. So you kind of figure. Right. We just got the actual name a little bit later. So, it's so, important to her. Definitely not a high-class gal. Not scared to get her fingers dirty. <laughs> so, what does she do to go to Carnival Row after she's told she can't go out at certain times and all that? She dumps fairy dust down the sink. Oh, no. While cleaning the bathroom. So, Imogen sends her to Carnival Row, where she meets with her friend, who, her friend Tourmaline, who works at a brothel. And I... <laughs> While I was watching it, I did make the connection. I'm like, oh, she's got blue hair. She's going to be important. Anime rules. Like, <laughs> and lo and behold. <laughs> yeah, so Tormeline notices the widow's braid and tells her that Philo was alive. Our girl mad. So guess what, guys? I mean, we got some backstory to learn. Yes. That we didn't learn in this episode. No, it didn't give us all the information at once. It gave us a reason to want to see more so she gets so she gets mad and then we cut back to philo um where he's 
like, kind of scoping out and spying on some officers going to an anti-Fay rally. They took her germs. <laughs> they took her germs. Those Fay folk came around and look at us in the eye and they came out there and they took her and they took her germs. germs. So that was basically the point of the rally. It <laughs> was like the entire scene summed up pretty well. Yes, you guys get the idea with that. Um, so he's able to kind of latch on onto his target um, and finds like a cop that, you know, works there, but also happened to be there. And I like the power move. He's like, I'll report you for this because he punched him in the face. Yeah, I um, can't wait to tell them where you were. He's like, I can't wait. And then he's just like, Damn, you really got me on that one. It was, it was so great. <laughs> but, so, then they show him in the police office with the chief, being yelled at, telling him to back off. He does. Then he makes the connection that it's a Navy officer when they bring in a couple of Navy boys. Because they come in every three weeks. So he goes to a bar where he finds Unseely Jack. The mutton-chopped, tattooed... Sailor extraordinary. Looks like a bat out of hell. Across the rooftops in a hardcore parkour. I will say, it was cool to see like the like the stealth mission where like he like grabbed someone's drink and then like bumped into him, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and like build it all over him in order to like antagonize, and then like that's when like the connection was made. Yep. And then there was hardcore parkour. Hardcore parkour! Jumping over rooftops and landing onto other rooftops and Dramatically okay. going down ladders and upstairs and through windows to the walls to the walls. <laughs> he mentions he catches up with Jack and before Jack leaps to his death, he warns of something much worse that's coming to the row. A dark god, if you will. I think it's Cthulhu. Praise be Cthulhu. Or at least a Cthulhu looking being. All all hail the tentacly one. Based on that last scene. Okay, and we'll get to that. Kind of based on that last scene. Okay, well, we'll, we'll pick your brain a little bit about that one then. But. So, so, after he announces that there is a dark god living un underneath the city that is coming to fruition. He jumps. He, he's like, okay, I'm done with life. He jumps off the building and splats. Philo returns to his home to find his landlady in his bed, who earlier in the episode you saw them making passionate, passionate sex. With some clothes on to keep it tasteful. Thanks, Amazon. Kind of. Yeah, it was strategically done. It showed enough where it needed to. Yes, I did get to see a little bit of Orlando Bloom's butt. So. Yes. Always a bonus. And then we had the fairy sex scene, which we'll talk about too, because that was just interesting. Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially with what happened. Right. Um. But... At the end of the main plot, at least, of the episode. Right. Father returns home, spreads his landlady, goes to bed, and Vignette shows up. And he wakes up with a knife to the throat. My kind of lady, honestly. Like, if you're not taking a knife to my throat, like, do you even love me? <laughs> calls her a, a lying shit. Calls her, you know, she calls him a lying shit, you're alive, yells and screams at him, and then decides he's not worth it and walks away. And see. <laughs> And she's also seen cutting off her widow's right? Yes. Which I thought was, like, the best way of severing that cord. Because it's like, how can you mourn someone that lied to you about their death? And the fact that, like, she was just like, but my friend said that you had died. Why would she say that? And then he's like, because I asked her to. And I was like, oh, oh shit. 
There's some tea here. We're gonna learn some stuff. I know I can't wait. But so now the very last thing that happens is a woman picks up Vignette's picture of Philo. After she well, first she picks up a little reed whistle and plays a little tune. Yes, that was also Vignette's as well. Yep. She was seen playing it on the boat a little bit earlier. Yep, and then picks up the um the picture. And, you know, puts that kind of in the thing. And then this shadowy creature just comes out of the sewer and grabs her and runs back in. Yeah. And I still think it's a dark, shadowy Cthulhu monster. So is it just because, like, it's pretty close to the actual, like, harbor and, like, in the sewer? Or do you just, is it wishful thinking because you kind of really want it to be a Cthulhu? It's a gut feeling. Okay. Really, it's just a gut feeling. It's nothing to do with anything other than it's a gut feeling because of what this is dealing with. And how this is set up to look. Okay. It just almost makes sense for it to be a Cthulhu monster because it's a Victorian era show. The scenes, though still daylight scenes, are still very dim and dark. It's very like almost grayscale, like a light grayscale yeah. to them. Like and everything's the, kind of and the dark scenes are just very poorly lit, which is the aesthetic they're going for. Nothing against the cinematography, which makes those scenes look amazing. It does. It's the the aesthetic they're going for in this show. Yeah. It makes too much sense for it to be anything but a Cthulhu monster. I hope it's a Cthulhu monster. That would be pretty badass. So, the other thing I want to mention is Homeboy getting kidnapped while butt-ass naked. Oh my goodness. What uh, the fuck? <laughs> so, it cuts to like this like hoity-toity rich boy, basically. And he's going into a brothel. Cause, like, and they all know him. So he's obviously a regular. Yeah. Um, and he finds a girl, and then it cuts to a pixie sex scene. Yes. We're like, they're going at it. His name is Jonah, by the way. Jonah. Um, so they're going at it, and then the pixie kind of takes flight. Yeah. And like his back is bent a lot. I was actually kind of impressed with his flexibility. I wonder if part, that was part of his audition tape. It's like, parkour, parkour. Parkour, parkour. So, and then she's like basically like holding on to him while they're there. And then her wings start glowing. Like, <laughs> yep. So it's like, okay. And that kind of reminds, it, it honestly reminded me of the boys with how Starlight's eyes, eyes glowed. So it was like a very similar. So it's good to know that when women can actually orgasm, you know, because it's few and far between sometimes. That we can actually glow and be beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, that was a scene. And then... Right after, he gets up out of bed, goes out the window to take a leak. Yeah. And gets kidnapped. Butt-ass naked. Butt-ass naked. That's what you get for peeing outside, like on the outside of a building. It's like, this Victorian era nonsense is already gross enough, and you're just putting your piss all over it. I call that karma. Now, the subline in this show, this episode, was Emogen and the New Neighbor. Yes. Who... She was very excited. So, I like I like Emogen's character so far. She's stereotypical rich girl? No, I don't think so. I think she's smarter than what the first episode is, like, leading on to believe. Because we gotta remember that it's her and her brother, right? So, right. it's... Parents are gone. Parents are gone. They D-E-D dead, as as you do in the Victorian era. You die pretty young. Um, but 
she, I mean, she plays to her strengths. She finds the beauty oil that makes it, makes her irresistible to, like, any man. Mm-hmm. And, like, she at least knows how to play the game. Like, I gotta have the latest fashion in order to get a guy to have a wealthier, you know, wealthier life. So, she interests me. Cause she she's very intent with what she does, so I think that might play in later, which I'm really excited for. But the new neighbor, who is I guess we're gonna have to use that derogatory word, because I don't I don't know what they're called. So he is a pup. They think he's the servant. He's like, no, I am master here. And I <laughs> I love that they also made him a black guy. And they both <laughs> shook it. They were they were all shook, and like his character is already just like so like badass because like obviously people of fey yeah the people of the fey yes like they're they're viewed as second class citizens like any any magical or non quote-unquote human mm-hmm. is like eh. and like the less human you look probably the worse you get treated like that's that's the type of dynamic right. that they're setting up in this show so for him to be a wealthy black you know goat man man thing um and be in like high society and then like just like no like and like he's like unfazed by it he's like this this ain't my first rodeo cowboy yeah i am master here i hire humans to do the bidding you hire us to do yes he is the biggest fuck you and he lives in the richest part of the neighborhood so great his character his character is going to be a lot of fun i think yeah, I mean, this was overall, so far I'm kind of in on the series. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. To see. I mean, it was a slower episode. Especially for our first episode. Especially for our first episode. But from what they're showing us, there's a lot to build. Right. There's all, We already have, like, three to four different plot lines, really, like, in terms of, like, character growth and, like, stuff like that, that we can follow through this single episode. Exactly. So, there's a lot of story to be told. And then... That's only current, not to mention, like, the backstory between Vignette and... Milo? Milo. That's his name. My bad. You were trying not to say Johnny Depp. I was really trying not to say Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, so between Vignette and Philo, like, so I still want to know their backstory. I'm excited to see how, like, if, like, we get the backstory and see how their relationship progresses. Because obviously, like, they're the two biggest headlines in this series so obviously there's going to be more connections so i'm excited to see how that pans out and then plus all the sub stories like they all have enough to like i need answers to all of them cthulhu monster yeah that's the only reason you're here cthulhu now. monster cthulhu it's like every other reason has gone out the window the the, the show looks great the acting's really well done the some of the accents are a little interesting sometimes so but, far but yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> the characters have me interested enough to learn, want to learn more about their stories. And like any good show, I give it the three-episode rule. If it can't give me what I need to know to keep watching within three episodes, then... We're, we're calling it. But I don't think that's going to be the case with this one. So far, no. So far, this one's... At least right now, has me hooked. We'll see how episode two goes. Right. But still looking forward to the technically one. So you guys are going to have to keep listening to find out if Cthulhu does actually make an appearance or what could possibly be haunting underneath the sewies, the sewies, the sewers of the Burge. (laughs) Yes. And with all that being said, hashtag Cthulhu 2020. (laughs) 
and it's that time of the week again, boys and girls, and various other things that may be listening to us. It's ladies it's- and gentlemen's in species in all of those species in between. <laughs> that is a much more eloquent eloquent way to put that. But it's time for another episode of The Mandalorian. Where for some reason we go back to Tatooine yet again. Because there's no other fucking planets in the Star Wars universe, apparently. But Tatooine is what gets everybody excited. I think a lot of people feel the way I do of why the fuck are we going to Tatooine? There's no logical reason that he went to Tatooine. It just happened to be there, so we're on Tatooine. Oh yeah, well, because you gotta think about it. It's a nice barren planet. Some suns. Controlled by the Huts, who are a known bounty hunter operation, but no bounty hunters. Yeah, and he's, you know, got a huge mark on his head right now. place known for its skull and, you know, for its villains and scum. I will say the Stormtrooper heads on stakes was a nice touch, though. I did appreciate that, and it did make for some awesome artwork at the end. Yeah, I did like the fact that they piked the helmets. Felt medieval. Yes. Yay for medieval space cowboys. Woohoo! But I'll be honest, this is, you know, another... In general, I actually really enjoyed... You know, I'm enjoying the series, but this is probably the weakest episode so far. For me, personally. Well, we got Mulan. (laughs) Who at the end is is it who who gets visited by some mysterious guy in black imperial boots who's probably a client? See, that makes way more sense than what the internet is talking about right now. They're like, it's Boba Fett. I'm like, y'all, it's not Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba, no, it's not Boba Fett. Yeah, we're calling it now, folks. It's probably the client. He's probably hiring her. He's probably reviving her. Sending her after Mando and Baby Yoda. Mando and the child, let's be proper. Yes, he is a young child of 50 years of age. (laughs) Yes, but... So, fun fact about me is I watch everything with subtitles because I am a little hearing. And the subtitles refer to it as the child. So, I'll refer to him as the child. No, Baby Yoda for life, man. So cute. I don't care what any of the haters say. I love me. All the baby Yoda. (laughs) So, one thing I do know coming is they did say they'll go into some of that backstory this so I am excited for that. Yes, I do do need to know more about my precious bean, because, like, right now it's just, like, it's all looks, it's a little bit of substance, but, like, I need I need to get to the core. What makes a young baby Yoda tick? So speaking of the core, let's get to the core of the episode. So they're on Tatooine. Mando goes looking for work. The shop owner watches the child. Mando and this fledgling bounty hunter go after a big-time bounty. On speeder bikes across the deserts of Tatooine, and you see a pantomime exchange between Mando and the Raiders, which I loved. That was That was fun to, like, watch them go back and forth. And, like, some very just obvious signs. Great. 
I also like, speaking of signs, I did like that while Mando and the rookie were on the speeder bikes and how they were using motorcycle hand signals to communicate to each other. Yeah. It's good nice to know that touches like that. Yeah. It's good to know it's universal and transcends time and space. In everywhere but the city we live in. Right. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it sucks. Um, but uh watching the sign language session was fun. And then getting to see just a body getting dragged through Tatooine's desert. Yep. Was also and then you get to see his best scar save his life a few times. Yes, but he was definitely looking a little worse for wear by <laughs> by the end of that one. So, yeah, they find the bounty. She shoots at him. I'm rushing through things, but they come up with a plan. They speed across the desert toward the bounty on the speeder bikes with essentially with flashbangs. Gave me a Call of Duty flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad game. Yeah, it is. But, but anywho, we're going to get some hate for people who are listening to us that like Call Come at me, scrub lord. I'm ripped. It's if they can take the dicks out of their mouth long enough. Oh no, we know that's not possible because it's like a, it's like an assembly line. Once one is done, the next one goes straight in. Yep. <laughs> I didn't need that mental image of you. So. Yeah, that that's scared the nine dude blowing ten dudes. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, you guys can tell this is a weak episode because we're having a really hard time staying on, on staying on task it here. really is. So, so Mulan shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a still sweet kung sweet... fu scene. Yeah, I was going to say she still has her sweet kung fu fighting moves and is like roundhouse kicking and karate chopping and is ready to deliver the killing blow to Mando when the rookie comes up behind her and is like, I wouldn't do that. No, no, no. Not in my house. Uh-uh. And then they kung- they go kung fu fighting. Hi-ya! And then Mando shows up and points the gun at her head and is like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then in some weird, like, BDSM power trip. He's like, cuff yourself. <laughs> right? Cuff yourself. <laughs> Go find your blaster. I'm calling the shots. Yep. And then there's a double cross. Dun dun dun. Hey, that kind of ties back into our, our Rick and Morty episode a little bit. I was going to say, this is a whole heist, heist joke waiting to happen where it could be summed up as the guy hires the Mando and Mando goes, hell yeah, man, I'm in. <laughs> You son of a bitch. A bitch. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> and then you get the double cross and it's you son of a bitch. Exactly. That's exactly what. So if you guys have seen the heist episode of Rick and Morty, that's basically this episode in a nutshell, but just with space cowboys and baby Yoda. Yeah. That's exactly what this episode boils down to. It's a time heist movie with baby Yoda and. Because, yes. essentially, what happens 
the, the bounty convinces the rookie to betray Mando because Mando's worth so much money and he shoots her in the stomach because if he uncuffs her, she would kill him anyway. So he quote-unquote kills her and speeds off back to Mos Eisley. Mando gets back, finds her there, goes back himself, and they have a confrontation on Mando on Mando's ship where Mando shoots the guy and he dies. Yep. He got shot like, D-E-D dead. That's all that well, happened. I like that he has, you know, I do like the fact that Mando's got the flash thing in his hand and uses advantage, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know he's getting out of it. Yeah. It didn't feel suspenseful. No, this one I felt, I don't want to say it was like a filler episode. But, but it felt like a filler episode. But it felt like a filler episode. And I think, I think part of that is maybe why they ended up going to Tatooine. Because people it's are going to be more excited about like, oh my god, they're back in Tatooine. Two Sun Squad, praise the two suns. You know, and like have like their little fangirl moment about that. And then, of course, like the people in your camp were just like, kind of horseshit. Why are we back? <laughs> there is no plot reason in this show so far to go there. I know, you know, the reasoning being, oh, well, they're looking for uninhabited planets. Yeah, and they chose Tatooine, the most central planet in Star Wars. At this it's point, like everybody in the fucking galaxy knows about Tatooine. Like, everyone fucking knows about Tatooine. It's the place Jedi come from. Right. It is no secret anymore. It may have been a secret a long time ago, but we've moved past that. And even, like, it, it almost would have made more sense to me had Mando gone to the planet that we found Rey from. Which Money. name escapes me. Yeah, Because it's still like a desert it would have made more sense to me in a sense of that is uninhabited outer planet, fallen remnants of the Empire on it. That would make sense because it would have a reason to tie forward to the plot. We don't need a reason to tie back to what had happened in the Empire. Yeah, we don't need a what had happened was. But so. what I will say, in the interest of panning pandering to the Tatooine fangirls and boys and various other species out there is that them going back to Tatooine really gave it that that Star Wars aesthetic probably stronger in this episode than a lot of others. I argued like that the title cards give it more of a Star Wars aesthetic than Tatooine was. Yeah, I mean the title cards are solid, but what but they obviously know how to do Tatooine well, because you always go back to it, right? You got plenty of source material to work from. But even in, you know, the past couple of episodes, like where we're seeing new new areas and stuff and seeing how different, you know, planets develop in the world of Star Wars, it, it does leave a little bit where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's pretty Star Warsy, but now we're just kind of chilling in a forest. But this one, I mean, it just, it gave me more of, like, that full Star Wars movie vibe. And it's just because it's a place from the movie. So it was, like, it was a nice feeling that completely got undermined by a very lackluster plot. I still don't think there was any need. I, I, 
there's so many other things, places they or things they could have done, places they could have gone than Tatooine to have this kind of a story. I don't, I don't see a reason to go back to Tatooine again, especially when the next movie coming out in a week or so, about a week and a half goes back to fucking Tatooine. It should just get us prepared for going back to Tatooine. We're going Unders- once more. Into the breach. In a universe that has hypergalactic empire, all these planets mentioned as part of a galactic senate, and we have spent more time on Tatooine than anywhere else. Tatooine has been in what four, five movies extensively, at least. Why do we need to spend another forty minutes there? Because fan service. And I'm not talking like the diehard Star Wars fans. I'm talking about the filthy casuals that get excited because they actually recognize Tatooine as a planet name in Star Wars. And they're like, Tatooine! Oh my god! I know him! Kind of moment. You know what I mean? I guess. It's just... Didn't this series already start on a desert planet? Why do we need another one? I feel like there are plenty of desert planets out there. Thank you. When Why there didn't... are as many planets there are in the universe, chances are you're going to run into some very similar atmosphere. I just don't... We need a this totally episode... underwater planet. That's what well, we like, need. This episode <laughs> just really didn't do it for me. I'm going to keep watching the series as a whole because overall it's entertaining and I enjoy it. But this episode... It just, it really didn't do anything for me. I figured something was going to happen involving the plot with the child immediately when I left him at the thing when he went off with the bounty hunter. That it was not smart. I already knew that. You know, it didn't, this episode didn't give me the suspense that some of the others did with, wait, what, like, you know, like in the last episode, an Imperial Walker shows up and there's the two of them. How do you, how do they fight this thing? Right. You know, and this, in, the first three episodes, that whole arc of him finding the child, bringing the child back and busting out with the child was very cohesive. You had reasonings for different planets, different places, what happened, etc. And even in the last episode, there was a reason he went to that planet. The only reason he went to Tatooine is because it was close and he got shot. Right. Because they needed to put Tatooine in a fucking... But... That's something that we completely glossed over. That entire, like, fighter scene at the beginning was fucking awesome. (laughs) We're the same for Star Wars. Well, no, I know, but it was just, like, it was just nice to see because, like, we really haven't seen any actual fighter scenes so far. It's all basically been, like, planet blaster, infiltration, you know, group teamwork, effort, stuff like that. We haven't really gotten a genuine space fight. So it was cool that they opened with it. And I like the tactics that he used. Like, it was just, it was nice to see how, like, he handles in the stars versus just on the ground. And it still proves that he is very much capable and good at what he does. Because he came up with a creative solution for the problem that was presented to him. And then he wound up on Tatooine. (laughs) 
understand when I saw him landing on Tatooine. Oh, cool. going back here again. And then she called him a womp rat. And I'm like, oh, she said the thing. I mean, would you have preferred womp rat or uh, nerf herder? I mean, womp rat is, indi- is instinctive to Tatooine. They always mention womp rats on Tatooine every time they're there. I would have preferred the whole planet to have this entire story on other than Tatooine. So we could have seen more new Star Wars life. Add more to the universe that just destroyed when they canceled the EU anyway. Right. And they've been doing a really good job so far in like giving us more reasons for Star Wars content. Like, like the Mandalorian is doing fantastic in terms of Star Wars content. Yeah. The Mandalorian is single-handedly probably the reason Star Wars will stick around for a while because given the other news that's happened in Star Wars, it's kind of iffy to see where it's all going. Right. Or if we're going to go on like another like two-year hiatus. <laughs> they just need to stop making Star Wars movies for a while. Give it like five years or so. Let people forget about the trilogy. And then, you know, expand the universe with EU-style series like they're doing with The Mandalorian and soon to be Obi-Wan. And go from there. You hear that, Disney? We're we're always welcome to give suggestions. We will write our, we will be looking for our checks in the mail. And you're welcome. Right. I mean, you guys are giving us more clone, the end of Clone Wars, which is great. We've got Rebels on Disney Plus, so there's more EU stuff, I guess, quote unquote. But this is really the first post empire expansion we're seeing from disney other than the movie because everything they've done to kind of expand the universe other than episodes seven and eight have been side stories you know rogue one which actually was a good movie oh i very much enjoyed rogue one and solo which i actually really enjoyed as well yes also solid which I think are both better than the episode seven and eight. <laughs> I don't feel like doing that type of arguing on the internet today. You I just think they were. I, the movie comes out. I can't say anything about nine yet. Nine hasn't, but I would still feel. I think Rogue One is definitely a better movie. Seven one set up a better content for its narrative. Right. And I think it's a better movie than episode 8 was for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> that we're not going to get into today. No, I think I've made my open stain of known. Yeah, so we're going to I think we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we can. We didn't talk a whole lot about Mando, but we talked about a bunch of other stuff. I mean, like we said, it was kind of a lackluster episode. We we touched on all the key parts. Yeah. I guess that's that's true. So. I guess until the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. And we are here for another brilliant installment of what we are affectionately going to dub Nancy Reacts to Anime. Nancy does an anime. So I'm reacting to anime. And today 
Nancy is reacting to King's Game, episode two. Yo! (laughs) So let me just start this off by saying that, like, episode two, not as solid as episode one. I got a lot of subtext that I needed, which I thought was important with this episode of The King's Game. Okay, what'd we get? I got, I got more backstory on Nobuku-san. And why he's reacting the way that he is. Because, like, we kind of got that in the first episode, right? But getting to see, like, the trauma that he went to went through the first time around. And, like, that whole story with um, with him starting a band. The end. With, uh, with Daisuke? Yes. Daisuke. Um, <laughs> was Was super sweet. So, and I, I appreciate that these episodes, like, at least so far, they started with a flashback. So we get the flashback context into real-time context. So, but I'm, I'm enjoying the premise of this so far. I think it's great. Okay. What did you think of the uh, heel turn? <laughs> to borrow a pro wrestling term. Oh, well... <laughs> Now, if I remember my talks with Pop Culture Junkie, it was a long time ago since I've been on a wrestling talk. Yeah, but we kind of moved forward some of those without you. Which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do a Nancy Reacts to Pro Wrestling one day. We'll get Nancy Reacts to a Pop Culture Junkie Pro Wrestling. There we go. That way he can pick what to watch. Exactly. So, coming soon. But not that soon. But soon. And... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Natsuko turning heel, essentially. She's fucking crazy. <laughs> it only gets better. I say that. She, better she only worse. gets worse, but yeah. it only gets better. Right. So, and, but at the same time, like, I knew people like that. Growing up, you know, because I was in high school once upon a many moon. And I knew people that would play the victim. Or, like, was, like, just super sweet, and then, like, would just turn on a dime. And that's exactly what that reminds me of. Yeah. And, Jesus. (laughs) So, yeah, like, we get that she has to sleep with the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He does his flashback story, which basically freaks everyone out. Like, oh, we have to do it. Come on. So he, like, he throws her on the ground. He starts getting on top of her. He's like, I'm just gonna rape her. (laughs) And she kicks him. Like, that's where it snapped. Yeah, she, and it was, like, they even did, like, the, the traditional, like, anime, like, dark covering of the eyes. All, her boobs like, got emotes, less perfect. And her boobs went down because she wasn't, like, a happy person, so she had the angry boob, not the happy boob. Like, you like how they actually flashed to that scene to show you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, look, they deflated. All of her happiness is gone. <laughs> yeah. And she just takes off her shirt and says, well, we're doing this. Take your clothes off. Let's, Let's go. go. And... They're like, wait, right here? Wait, you're a girl. <laughs> Don't you have any shame? See, that made me mad. That that tilted me a little I bit. I mean, in Japanese but culture. I know. And that that was like that, wait, wait, it's different there. But also, that doesn't make it okay, but it's different there. It's more cultural for them. I mean, right. still a lot of freedom, per se. But we won't get into a political conversation about Japan. This is not a political thing. This is a Nancy Reacts. So let's, let's stay on topic here. So then she brings out Naboki into the woods. To have a talk. Quote, unquote. Doesn't like his plan. Screams that she's being raped. 
Honestly, the best solution. Uh, actually, I've learned that if you scream fire, you get a better result. <laughs> so maybe next time she should just scream fire. But it does show the. It, it was a good way of showing like how quick she is to backstab. And like she was talking about that too. It's like, I'll, you know, we need to be human. And being human means like looking out for number one, AKA my damn self. Yep. So she is definitely a strong, independent, crazy woman who don't need nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and they established that very quickly and very well. And then for them to show like how easily she can play that game. Because I'm of the firm belief that every. Every woman can play that game. Most definitely. Pretty but sure. Some can play it better than others. And she plays it very, very well. Yes. <laughs> I was impressed because that's some stuff that, like, me as a woman, maybe have only been able to accomplish once or twice. <laughs> like, and that was with, like, months of practice leading up to it. You know, so, like, this isn't her first rodeo. Or even her second. She's like a seasoned champ of riding that crazy ass bull. And it worked because the entire the entire Very class fast. turned Again. on. Again. Again. And beat the shit out of him. Again. And then she tries to convince poor Mizuki to kill him, essentially, by sending him the word die. Right. Because that was a part of her Her quest. order. Yeah, her order. So... And you see, and everybody at that point, you start seeing their faces react more to how Natsuko's acting as well. Yes, because the, the so, and that's, like, the one thing, like, with, with all of that, is, like, it's one thing to, like, know, like, a person can be crazy, right? And, like, you kind of, like, you just have, like, in the back of your mind, and it's, like, it's not a, it's not an active thought. It's, like, oh, no, this person's still cool, but I'm not going to cross them. And, like, you have that relationship with a few people. Yeah. Like, everyone does. Yep. I've got quite a few where I will be like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to tread carefully. We're cool. And I'm going to try to keep it that way. Because otherwise, you're going to fuck me over. Yep. So, and she, she is, she's that linchpin, basically, of, like, the whole class. Because, like, like, and they did a really good job in the first episode of setting her up as, like, kind of like the popular one. You know? And, like, everyone loves everyone her. Loves her. And, and she's so tragic. Right, with, with both of her parents dying, tragic backstory, but yet she still smiles. So, and then, Bubbly, and then you see her snap. Mm-hmm. So it, it was cool, because it was like, whoa, like, everyone, like, the veil was lifted for everybody. And they're just like, oh, wait, this isn't normal. This isn't good. So the one thing the synopsis I pulled up doesn't talk about is the flashback at all. I have some questions I want to ask you about that. So, what led up to Daisuke being tech, being ordered to die was that he slept with the guy's girlfriend because they received the text that they had to sleep together after they discovered that two of their other classmates who were just, one was asked herself to grope the other one, both hung themselves the night before. Right. So, let me start asking you about just some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Like his, like, for example, support a for example, let's go with that. Um, his, I can't remember his friend's name, but his best friend with the, you know, I'm too cowardly to, to, to hang myself. Oh, yes, he was super cute. And then you get to see his girlfriend. Right. Does she look like anybody to you? She looks like crazy bitch. Okay. Because of the eyes. Okay. 
that's that's my two cents and it it would kind of tie into like i did this i did this and you tried to kill me so obviously she like there's a connection there right you know she could have like dyed her hair and you know transferred schools and all that other stuff like it's not out of the realm of possibility for anime from what i know of anime without watching any anime <laughs> gotcha so okay and then like i asked on the last one what do you think the king's name is I still have no idea, man. I, I, I know it's not. I don't want to say it's like supernatural. I feel like there is some level of, I don't want to say like magic, but magic behind it. Okay. And I, I'm gleaming that from the first episode of just the atmosphere of the first episode, where like as as the game gets more intense. Okay. Like, things are changing reality-wise. It's like a perception of reality is changing one way or the other. So I don't, and I don't know if magic is the right word that I want to use for, but it is definitely an alternate reality overlap. That's because, like, he was, you know, covered, like, surrounded by skulls, and then all of a sudden, water comes out of nowhere. And, like, he's supposed to be drowning, but is then able to have a full conversation with someone under the water you know i think the more i sat on that and then like seeing like how it like starts small because it's like oh i'm thirsty i'm gonna get something to drink but he didn't bring the cups right and like i noticed that too i was like he didn't grab the cups even though he was thirsty so there's there's an, a reality shift that's happening so it could be magic but just the the matrix magic gotcha if that makes sense. Okay. So that's where I'm at right now. And then the art style. You still like the art? You still digging the art? Dude, the art is fantastic. The art is still like the the one thing because like seeing Dotsuke's Dotsuke's face with like the tongue hanging out, like the dramatic lines and like the dynamic light, like I I really appreciate it. And it it sounds kind of silly, but it, it gives me like that older anime. Like, but with, like, okay. a, a modern twist to it. Like, because with older anime, it was a lot of, like, contrast to make it look the way that it did. And, like, I know that just from, like, seeing and passing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's also more manga style. Because manga, you can only do so much with. Right. Well, it's also usually black and white. Right. Black and white, so it's a lot more dimension, a lot more harsh lines to show shadow and stuff. And I like that they do that. And it's still, like, it's detail-oriented. In, in a way that Dragon Ball isn't. <laughs> with And, like, I know I don't want to upset the Dragon Ball fandom. Dragon Ball animation issues aside, there's... Dragon Ball, you have to take uh, animation-wise, at least episode by episode. Right. Because each episode has so many different people involved on it. When it's a small smaller series like this, it's only 12 episodes. It's the same team. Right. So, so things are more, more consistent. consistency through a 12 to 24 episode run versus 131 episode run like Dragon Ball Super. Right. Where they're pulling people to work on other projects for big events or pulling people to work on movies because they're pulling those core people to work on other talents. Well, and like I get that, but I think I think the point like I'm making is is that like with Dragon Ball, it's like you can tell something's important because the animation improved. For the most part. I'll argue with, that with the on... except 
with the exception of fights. With the exception of fights, because that's a whole other ball game. That's a lot of fast frames that are shipped in between. I argue that for modern Dragon Ball, like Super, Mm -hmm. yes. But when it comes to like actual Dragon Ball proper and Z, not so much because it had a more consistent animation style because the same art director worked over every episode. Okay. Moving forward, when they changed art directors a couple of times, but those same ones handled majority arcs. Okay. Um, and then that, that's why that was able to maintain. That's why people still hold Dragon Ball and Z in a much higher regard than modern modern interpretations like GT or uh, Super would have been mm-hmm. for the inconsistencies. Where but, they get too big for their britches and they don't have enough to support what had happened. And now that being said, Dragon Ball's art style is still nothing compared to what this is in a modern age at all. Um, right. Well, this they, is detail-oriented they... for the reason that it has to be. Yeah. But Dragon Ball is more vast open landscapes. You get more of your detail on character faces and expressions. Yeah. So, like, and I mean, like, not to not to knock Dragon Ball because, like, I mean, I watched the the Tournament of Power arc with which y'all. had horrible animation, and Super is its own issue with animation. One right. day we'll talk about Super animation, maybe if I want to. <laughs> if we want to take on all that hate from the internet, we'll we think about it. People trash it for the animation all the time. That's the popular opinion. Oh, fair enough. But. I mean, like, they were still, like, like, but with the whole super arc, it's like, when, when Goku, you know, was, was riding the Kamehameha wave, and then also turned into Super Saiyan, Red God, Goku. God. God. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he turned into God. You know, the, the animation was important. They also knew that, like, oh, I need these for all the screen grabs, because this is going to be everyone's, like, wallpaper for the next few months. But, like, mm-hmm. the animation there was great. But then, like, in, like, the downtime, it's, like, you could see, like, oh, they got the B-team on that. And that's that's the downfall of multiple animators handling multiple scenes in an episode. They, they don't always mesh together. And yeah. that's why small teams doing it, you have the same animators consistently working together on the same set of series. Not, you're working on episode 10, 40, and 99. Yeah, it, it's more, it's, it has a more through line. But, but at the end of the day, like, that keeps me hooked. Well, that's actually and, why I prefer the shorter format series that anime has more gone to over the long form. That's mm-hmm. why My Hero has been able to maintain its consistent standard, because they only do 24 episodes a year. And even for me, like the other anime that I actually like, Tokyo Ghoul, very consistent. I think the max is like, you know, 13, 14 episodes Something like that. for the second season, not for the first. The first was like eight. Yeah. Like It was very short, but everything was very well done it had and it had a very similar vibe to this but tokyo ghoul is also a lot more gory which to be fair this is only episode two well i know but i've seen some shit in tokyo ghoul like that's some shit in this so i mean i'm excited to see but that for me like that's kind of my comparison right is like i really love the tokyo ghoul series and it's got the, like that gore and like the just sheer brutality but it's also on a different level because like you've got like you know things that are coming out of people I and like that's so I'm eclectic taste. You actually you might like Berserk. <laughs> People watch Berserk and gives you the adventure of guts in at some point in this series. You might like that. Okay. A friend of ours favorite. Okay. So that is so, I mean, but that's like the realm of stuff that just like I enjoy. I, I like that. I've always liked gore, I've always liked, you know, like that deep dark mm-hmm. thing. So that appeals to me and that's one of the reasons why I'm like this so much is because like, yeah, it's a bunch of like teenagers and like they're all bopping through high school but then because it's anime and that's just how anime works but like at the same time that's one of the reasons why a lot of animes didn't appeal to me is because like oh i live through high school i don't need to watch it again um or like in 
like Dragon Ball's case, like I watched it because like the fights were kind of cool, but then like there was a lot of like the the downtime, where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but like I don't need it. But I mean, yeah, Dragon Ball is also an easy story to sum up. It's waiting for Goku. Yeah. So you know, and like like with the shorter forms, like I mean, like it keeps my attention just a little bit better. Like even like Castlevania, like it's got it's got that gore aspect to it. Like give me the bloodshed, give me give me the the stuff that like I want to see visualized in an art style that like even though like i don't appreciate as much because like i just don't follow it but i still enjoy looking at because i used to draw in the anime style i used you know i hung out with a bunch of you know weeaboos back in the day before they were called weeaboos <laughs> and like a lot of like the art stuff i appreciate like that's the biggest draw to me for anime is just the way that it looks and unfortunately i also like i need substance on the plus side so far with the King's Game, I've gotten a lot of substance. I have a lot to think about. Yeah. So what I've learned from Nancy Reacts to Anime is that short short form is the way to go. We'll call it Nancy form because I'm not very tall. Um, <laughs> so y'all have any suggestions for anime you'd like to hear Nancy react to a series, always shoot those over to our to our inboxes. Um, just go ahead and send an email out to a thingpot at gmail.com. We'll take a look at the suggestions. Just try to keep it as to a series between about 12 and 24 episodes. Yeah, I have a, I'm a short person with a short attention span. So we got to make sure that we're hitting those notes. I know that does exclude some really big popular series out there, but we'll it, relook at, well, baby steps. We'll, we'll relook at longer form animes and multiple season animes when we, when we get there. Once we get Nancy hooked. Yeah. The job first is to find what she likes. And on that note, I guess we'll go on to the next thing. On to the next thing. Hey, Nancy, did you know that you can reach out to us anytime on our Facebook page? Wait, you mean like anytime? Like even at like three in the morning when I'm eating an entire pint of ice cream? They can reach out. Doesn't mean we're going to answer at an odd hour like that, but we do our best to get back to everybody. And for those of y'all wondering, if you just search us up, it's facebook.com slash pod thing. Be able to go ahead and give us a like over there and get notified when we get new episodes up and running or why there's delays. Also, you can always subscribe at anchor.fm forward slash a thing pod. And from there, you can get subscribed on your favorite social media platform out there for podcasts. break without rick and morty but it's back yeah and this one i think just in the theme of D december also fits in wonderfully you know we were struggling to find a D december thing and rick and morty hit it yep it made it for us <laughs> because in this episode morty got a dragon and he didn't just get any kind of dragon he got <laughs> he got a slutty dragon he got a slutty dragon so let's backtrack for a second here. <laughs> because, good golly. So, in this episode, I honestly thought it was a lot of fun. And I think it captured Rick and Morty in a fantasy setting in the best way. I still want to know why the cat can talk. I don't. Not, not after, if it made, if it made Rick cringe and like almost want to wipe his memory i don't want to know because that man has seen some shit <laughs> i don't know kind of want to know 
no, I value myself just a little too much on that one. Like, Curiosity Killed the Cat. I definitely play a curious cat in my D&D campaign. But, no, I'm okay. Thanks, though. I'm good. That's one thing I can sleep easy knowing, is not knowing what that cat knows and why it can talk. Yeah, but that cat's also Matthew Broderick, so why does the cat sound like Matthew Broderick? Because it's Matthew Broderick. As a cat. As a cat. Wish my cat could talk like Matthew Broderick. I'd, you know what? Yes, but only if Sarah Jessica Parkhorse is like not anywhere near us. <laughs> so the parkour now is parkhorse. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Morty got a dragon, and he did his like how to train a dragon flying thing, and then Rick and how do we pronounce this dragon's name? Bartholomew. So him and Rick soul bond. They soul bond basically because turns out dragons typically collect cool shit. And Get Rick's out. a dragon apparently. He has a dragon heart. So it all makes sense now. <laughs> it's all come together. That the soul bonding though? Definitely awkward, but I loved the line <laughs> where he's like, "Oh, why does this feel better now?" Like, forty <laughs> shirt. come here to watch. I don't know why it feels so much better now. <laughs> and then he's like, "I don't know why you're still watching, but I don't want you to stop." <laughs> it was so bad. Oh. But in the best way. Yeah. And then a portal opens, and out comes the wizard they got the dragon from, and starts whipping the dragon, which starts hurting Rick, and through the portal they all go. Dun dun dun. Meanwhile, Jerry buys a cat, a talking cat. He didn't buy the cat, it just happened to show up. He bought the cat a first class ticket to Florida. Yes. So did. why does the cat want to go to Florida? Because they don't ask questions in Florida. I guess. <laughs> and honestly, though, it's Florida. Anything yeah. happens in Florida. Because <laughs> it's not Vegas. And if I didn't get my Adventures of Florida Man news, because as you know, he is a favorite. Favorite spot of mine on our on our Let's Talk here. If I didn't get Adventures from Florida Man, I think I'd be devastated. Suppose. Because he gets to live the life that I could never. But I get to live it through him. <laughs> I would like to take a moment to talk about the fact that the cat blames Jerry. <laughs> yes. So when the cat—that's oh, great. When the cat and Jerry totally annihilate the beach volleyball tournament, bro. And then they someone, discover someone shit on the beach. Someone yeah. shit in the sand and then like, tried, it. tried to bury it, but not very good. And I just want to know who and why. And no one thinks to look at the talking cat. No. And then he succeeded it. And then just a mob after him, like. <laughs> and he flashed to the cat on a boat. Asking too many questions. And then he gets thrown out the boat for asking you, you too many questions. You see that, just that drowned cat look. They did a really good job with the drowned cat look. He looked, like, really sad, but still also, like, very pissed off at the situation. Meanwhile, back in <laughs> Fantasyland... <laughs> Summer becomes a slutty archer. <laughs> and Morty constructs a golem to harvest the magical energy for Rick to use in a gun that is almost entirely proved useless in the end. Yes. That's fine. But it was great because, like, you got to mess around with magic, turning things into different things. I liked the, uh, like, the goblins that turned into, like, balloons and then just floated away. And, and then he shot, shot one group 
He shot one group and they turned into flowers, and he shot it again and they turned into eggs. Yes, and then they shattered. And how, like, Summer didn't have to point her bow and arrow at anything whatsoever. Until it, the end. Until <laughs> the end. <laughs> and then she shoots the dragon in the eye and fucks up Rook's eye, and that just gets them all captured. Yep, then he gets the shit beat out of him with a bunch of magic. And then they escape due to Morty being smart and actually just cutting the dragon down. And they go find the cave of slutty dragons. Yeah. <laughs> and have a soul bond orgy. And they become the... The slutty phoenix. Yep. The dragon slutty phoenix. The only thing powerful enough to take down the wizard. And... Which they do. <laughs> and it <laughs> just... And see, so much happened like towards Look, the end. You there. see, like... <laughs> it sounds like we're going off the rails, but no, this is exactly the sequence of events that happened in the episode. Right. Like, we, we haven't skipped anything here. It sounds like we're on, like, our own, like, hallucinogen- hallucinogenic uh, soul-bonding session. But unfortunately, this was all reality for, like, 30 minutes, and yeah. it was glorious. They kill the wizard. Rick takes the wand, makes a portal to Earth. They all come through. Bartholoma follows them through. Bond again. Rick goes off to see all these messages from Jerry to go pick up him and the talking cat. Yep. He's like, oh, I gotta take care of this. And it's like, he kind of like actually has to take care of it, but it was a perfect excuse. He's like, you know what? It's either deal with this horny soul bonding, like wanting dragon or deal with Jerry. And the fact that he chose to deal with Jerry. He says everything he needed to know about that situation. Yes. (laughs) So the dragon ultimately... Gets all his stuff and goes off and moves into an alleyway where dude offers him 50 bucks to soul bond, essentially. And he just, like, burns his car and throws it. He's like, go away. And then it flashes to Rick, Jerry, and the cat in the car. And that's flying. (laughs) And it's like, aren't you going to ask why I talk? And Rick's like, no. Hey, you know, I see a place we need to stop down there. We gotta gotta stop real quick, let it cool off, stretch our legs. Goes around the back and Gets all his stuff out and, alright, puts him in a box. Why can't you talk? Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm not gonna ask until it's on my terms. Okay, and then I'm gonna perform this brain scan. And... He sees some shit. He sees some shit. <laughs> and like I said, don't want to see it. They chase the cat away. Rick wipes Jerry's mind. And I like his... wipe his. Yeah, well, he goes, because I like how Jerry's like, no, we have to remember. We we have to remember what we saw. And Rick's just like, one, one of us will. And wipes his mind. He goes, did you find out where the cat talked? Yep. Oh, from, from outer space. <laughs> ah, duck that cat. He <laughs> ran off. <laughs> yep. And he did run off to meet the dragon. And then immediately asked to go to Florida. Yep. What's in Florida, guys? And I don't want them soul bonded. Right. Yeah. That's, like, I wonder if, like, there's going to be, like, a protagonist with the two of them, like, later. Because that would be interesting. Maybe. Maybe they come back. Maybe they come back later on in the second part of the season. Right. But it was, I laughed a lot during this episode. This episode was a solid one. It was, it was nice because, like, the last episode, like, the, the heist was great. It was, but it didn't give me as many good laughs. It was solid, but... I chuckled. There were no guffaws. This one, I, I give some good laughs, too. Yeah, this one, it, it hit a lot of good notes in terms of just, like, comedy and just, like, pure assery. And also, it 
it, it still fall, falls in the realm of Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon absolutely tearing into something. <laughs> yeah, they just talk about D&D. Fresh off of the fact that the Rick and Morty vs. Dungeons and Dragons came out a week or so beforehand. Yes. So it's like fresh on the heels of their collaboration with Wizards was released. Here's our spoof. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect packaging. <sighs> I can't wait to play that campaign. I know, it's going to be a lot of fun when we can. With that being said, shout out to Ken and Matthew Bodrick as a talking cat. <laughs> Most unexpected cameo. I was not ready, but so happy for it. And I think that's our week. I think so. Oh. Until next time, Thingateers. <laughs>